the biggest thing that I want to leave is just some hope. The people's bodies are extraordinary. There's such a capacity to heal that when the body is not being overloaded with the environmental toxins and the immune system all flared up uh, trying to help, and the body has what it needs to do the repair, you know, all the nutrients that it takes to rebuild cell membranes and make hormones and all of that, you can heal. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. Did you happen to catch my interview with Dr. Jessica Petras about one of the most overlooked root causes for chronic illness today? In that episode, we focus on hidden infections. Now, in case you want to go back and listen in, it was episode 85. Now, I am currently in New York City, which is one of my favorite cities in the whole wide world, but you may find that you hear a little bit of traffic in the background, and that is just the beauty of being in this city. Now, after this incredible response that I received from that particular episode with Dr. Jessica Petras, I decided to dive deeper into one of the most elusive hidden infections today, and that is mold and how mold toxicity may be the cause of what ails you. Now, for this interview, I sought out the best functional doctor on the topic, Dr. Anne Shippey. Now, luckily, she is one of my dearest friends, and we were just together over the last two weekends talking about mold and green smoothies and the awesomeness of Austin, Texas, where she lives and I was visiting. Now, during this time, what we've learned about this is that we don't know a lot. You know, in all the time that we spend learning about how to limit our exposures to a wide range of toxins, from heavy metals in food to endocrine disruptors in fragrance, many of us haven't really considered mycotoxins. Now, mycotoxins are produced by microfungi, aka mold, and they can wreak havoc on essentially every single system in the body, leading to a confusing malaise of chronic symptoms from headaches to allergies to autoimmune conditions. Now, mold toxicity specifically can have big health consequences because of the kind of toxins that these molds make in terms of their biological byproducts. These toxins fall in two main categories, mycotoxins and microbial volatile organic compounds. Now, the fungal microbial volatile organic compounds produce a mixture of alcohols, aldehydes, acids, esters, ketones, terpenes, and other derivatives that are responsible for the characteristic like moldy odor that we've all smelled at one point or another, that elusive damp indoor spaces you know, we've walked into. Now, mold toxins range from mildly toxic to extremely potent, which means it can be used for biological warfare. And here's why. Mold toxins suppress the immune system. And we have been talking a lot about the immune system recently with autoimmune diseases and really getting to the root of what is going on in the body. We know that mold toxins not only suppress the immune system, but they damage and kill cells, cause cancer and birth defects, impair mitochondrial function, and the nervous system. Thus far, there isn't a lot of research specifically for humans, although there's been a lot of research done on animals. Now, luckily, Dr. Ann is going to be breaking down how to know if you've been impacted by mold toxicity, the types of testing you can do, and how to heal your body if you have ever been exposed. 
Now, before we jump into this powerful interview about stealth infections with Dr. Ann, I wanna lighten this up a little bit and I wanna quickly celebrate your wins. Now, one particular healing rock star is Bridget, and I'm excited to shout out her win that she shared on iTunes last week. So here's what she wrote. I am feeling incredibly grateful for Dr. Marisa and my friend who recommended this podcast to me. Shout out to Liz. I've been listening for about a month now, and just this past week, I was diagnosed with endometriosis, fibroids, and polyps. It wasn't until this point that I realized how little I really knew and understood about women's health and hormones. I've been tackling Hajimoto's with guidance from a functional doctor. I understand the amazing effect of food, silence, and proper movement that makes on the body, but I felt like something was missing. I am ordering your book as soon as I am done with this review, and I have complete faith that the combination of holistic and Western medicine is going to heal me. Please keep sharing. You are so easy to listen to, and I feel like I'm in the room conversing with you. Thank you so much, honey. Well, Bridget, thank you so much for sharing this powerful story. Congratulations on your next step in your beautiful healing journey. I am holding space for your continued healing miracles. If you are listening, Bridget, I would love, love, love to gift you my coveted Superwoman blend. Just reach out to me on Facebook or on Instagram where I really love to play. And you can find me on Instagram at D-R-M-A-R-I-Z-A. Well, amazing podcast listeners, I love shouting you out. So you can reach out to me via Insta, Facebook, or simply reviewing this podcast on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you love to plug into. That way, not only do I continue to support you, but also other women who are looking to become the CEO of their health. Now, let's dive into this incredible conversation with Dr. Anne Shippey. But first, I want to quickly sing her praises. Now, after a decade of working as an IBM engineer, Dr. Ann Shippey became discouraged that traditional medicine couldn't find answers to her own health ailments. So she did her own research and that led her to leaving engineering and becoming a physician. Dr. Ann Shippey is a board certified internal medicine physician and a certified functional medicine doctor, meaning she uses both science and personalized attention to look for the root causes, not just the bandages of symptoms. Dr. Ann Shippey is the author of two books and has served patients for over 15 years in her thriving practice based in Austin, Texas. So let's bring her on. Welcome to the Essentially You podcast, Dr. Ann Shippey. How are you doing, love? Oh, I'm so excited to join you. This is such a great topic. Oh my goodness. It is a great topic. And you are one of my dearest friends. And I've been wanting to get you on for so long. And this is a topic. So we're talking about, you know, we haven't told you guys yet that we're talking about mold toxicity. And really the topic is it might be mold, right? Because so often we don't know what's going on. So if it is mold toxicity, what can we do and how can we get our bodies back on track? And you are literally, I consider the definitive mold expert doctor out there. 
Yes. And I've had to learn the hard way. I've gotten to learn on my own body with my own experiences about what works and what doesn't work. Cause there's so little information out there on, on how to get better when you, when you have this going on or even how to figure out if it is mold. Right. And exactly. So many people are getting or have mold toxicity, have no idea. They've got these kind of elusive symptoms. And yes, let's let's talk a little bit about your story. You know, not only are you a medical doctor and you have been treating patients for many, many years, but then at some point in your life, symptoms started showing up. You weren't sure what was going on. Can you tell us a little bit about what happened there? Yeah, over a few month period, I just started feeling worse and worse and worse and getting more and more scared. My hair was falling out. It was just covering the sink, you know, the bathroom sink. I had so much pain in my body that it was, it hurt when my kids would hug me. I couldn't wear my heels anymore to work. I had to wear flats because my feet were just in so much pain. On Monday morning, you know, when you should be bouncing out of bed, I was just dragging myself. And my right arm got so weak that. I could hardly hold a full glass of water or carry a purse. So I was getting pretty desperate to try to figure out what was going on. And I, you know, I'd gone through a few health crises before in my life, but this time I was just not figuring it out. And here I am, the kind of chemical engineer, detective doctor, (laughs) figuring stuff out for everybody else. But then I, I wasn't able to figure it out for myself. So I was really asking all my colleagues and friends if they had any idea of what could be causing this crazy collection of symptoms. And um, finally, it was actually a patient. I thought I, I had it all together and we were reviewing her multiple chemical sensitivity and she was doing so much better. And at the end of our, our meeting, she, um, she's like, Dr. Shippey, I think you might be getting sick from this mold called Chutomium. She's like, I'm going to come to your house and see what, if I get my, my mold symptoms in your house. And so she, you know, obviously she really cared so deeply about me. The fact that she was willing to put her own body at risk to help figure things out for me. And, um, she came into my house for even just a few minutes and she was already feeling pretty sick. Her, her immune system started telling her, you know, she was in danger. So that, that was a little over eight years. And that really started my, my journey and learning about mold and that it's not just an allergen causing asthma and allergies and people or mold infections. It's, it's actually a toxic load problem where the the chemicals called mycotoxins or MVOCs that the different types of molds are making are actually poisoning us. Mm. Now, tell us a little bit about what are, so now that we got a, a sense of things and you finally, how long did it take you to kind of finally figure it out? I mean, clearly you probably had had ruled out some other symptoms. What What eventually had you pointing in that direction? Well, yeah, I ruled out a ton of other things you know, did all kinds of tests on myself. And so the thing that really proved to me that it was mold at that time was that I, I basically left my house and all my belongings and went and stayed with my parents for a few weeks and then started taking uh, supplements that helped to detoxify. And I started getting better. So I knew, I knew that I was on the right track with that. And then it was just lots of trial and error to see what, what was actually going to get me all the way better. Fortunately, I, I healed up completely. And, and that gave me the confidence to know that patients, when they come in, can also heal 100%, even if they're really, really severe. 
And then I did finally find the mold in the house. I'd put, I'd put a hazmat suit kind of thing on and go in and try different types of mold, mold testing. So it turns out that a lot of the types of mold testing, like the, the plates that are available, um, you know, you can just put the little plates out and see what kind of mold grows in them. Those miss most mold because a lot of the really bad molds don't send out very many spores. And if they do, they don't go very far. So unless you have the, the little plate in the right place, you're going to miss it. So I started experimenting with different types of testing and then uh, finally found the tutomium that the patient <laughs> that helped me I uh, thought I had, it was actually in the air conditioning system. Oh my goodness. So it's just literally just, I mean, not, we know that they just spread anyhow, but in an air conditioning unit, that, that is just blowing those spores all over the place. Right. And the toxins are just, it's just, yeah, it was just filling the whole house up with, <laughs> with, with, mold. with, yeah, with mold, mm-hmm. just, just permeating the entire house. Okay, so in your and real, you realizing that so many other people were, were dealing with this and struggling with this, what are, because I know a lot of people are like, well, how do I even know? I don't even know what to look for. The thing about mold, and so often I hear it with people with mold toxicity in their homes, it's behind places they'd never even think to look. It's never in plain sight. Like no one's like, oh, well, there, there's mold. There it is. It's usually hiding. It's very, very deceptive in that way. So what are some symptoms that we are looking for What are really telltale signs that, okay, this may actually be mold in the house and, you know, what should we be looking for? You know, the first thing are some of the symptoms in the human body. Usually there's a canary in the family or in the workforce that is the first person to kind of let let us know that there's a problem. So often it's something like having more anxiety or insomnia or fatigue, brain fog. A common one is like having a short fuse getting easily frustrated if there's a problem or an issue that comes up and just uh, blowing up, feeling like they can't make decisions or process information as well. A lot of people get some some type of a pain syndrome or muscle aches, joint aches, skin rashes, uh, digestive issues. Sometimes it is a cough or asthma So really, almost every organ system in the body can be affected, including hormones. So people can feel like they're going through an early menopause or menopause really severely. And sometimes men will even have hot flashes. Uh, They'll like be, oh my gosh, am I going through menopause? Things like infertility can also flare up. Then in the home or the school or the office building, a lot of times there's, I would say maybe 40 to 50% of the time they had, somebody had a leak and they just did not know how to repair it properly. They didn't know that within 24 to 48 hours, you really have to have pulled out all the drywall or gotten it completely dry, or it's highly likely that then once it's dried, you'll have some hidden mold. So, you know, like an ice maker leaking or an air conditioning system overflowing, a hot water heater bursting, a toilet overflowing, all those kinds of things, really the target should be getting everything dried out within 24 hours. I'm looking for somebody who's going to fund a um, Super Bowl commercial for me so I can let everybody know that to (laughs) to avoid the problems. But then so often, another thing that had been happening with the, the house that I got so sick in was there was a very small leak in the flashing for the chimney. 
And so it was running down the wall that um, from the second story that went along my son's, the wall behind his, the head of his bed and underneath his bed in the floor, and then down one of the walls in my bedroom on the first floor. So we had, we had no idea because it wasn't enough for the paint to get wet enough for it to shine through, but it was enough to create another whole big mold problem. Mm, Oh my goodness. So one of the things that we should be looking at is if we end up having a leak of some sort in the house, any kind of leak or any kind of overflow, that most likely water is seeping into those areas and then mold can begin to start growing. Exactly. Now, are there specific areas in the country that are more prone to this than not? That's such a great question. So I used to think that if you went to high desert, uh, so like Santa Fe or Bend, Oregon, where it's dry and high, that you couldn't get mold there. But it turns out if you've got a significant enough problem, you still can, but it's less likely. So places that aren't built really for these heavy rains, so like Boulder, Colorado and Phoenix, Arizona had really big rains within the last 10 years and they're just, they're not set up for it. And they had a lot of flooding. Those places, if they're not remediated properly, can definitely cause mold. The worst areas, however, are places that have high humidity, like Houston, Texas, Austin, Texas. We have really, really high humidity, uh, Florida. And these places with the way that we build buildings, it's very easy for mold to start growing with just very little bit of um, leaks or water exposure or condensation in the air conditioning system just from the temperature gradients that happen. Oh my goodness. Okay. So those are the kind of places we're looking. That's a lot of place. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of places in the country where we should be mindful of this. <laughs> yeah. Well, and now that people know that I'm a mold expert, people actually come in from all over the country to see me. And it it, it really, it, there is no area that's, that's untouched by this. You know, you just need to have a, a construction flaw or a leak that wasn't treated properly and, and people can get very, very sick. Hmm. Okay, so let's say we figured it out. We figure out that there's mold in the house. One, we got to address the house. And two, we got to address ourselves. What's the first thing we got to do? Do we got, we got to get out of the house? Yeah, the number one thing is to, I kind of describe it as like your body's a, a dirty bathtub, right? You can't clean the bathtub where you still have more dirty water coming in. <laughs> so you got to get the dirty point. water stuff coming in before you can really do much with the dirty bathtub. So the number one thing is minimizing the exposure to more mold toxins and then really environmental toxins in general. Like a lot of people become more sensitive to all toxins that they're exposed to. So like people wearing perfume or the cleaning materials or pesticides that people are spraying, they, they are likely to be much more reactive to those things. So minimizing as much as you can all the chemicals. And then the important thing is to start to open up the spigots to let out the dirty water. So things like eating fruits and vegetables that are very supportive for the detoxification systems, like the cruciferous vegetables, the broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage, kale, the onions, garlic, berries that are are very, very helpful for that. And then taking supplements that really support the body. So one of my favorite things is 
liposomal glutathione. NAC that also helps to produce glutathione, some gentle but effective binders that help to bind up the toxins, certain uh, modified citrus pectin, charcoal and clays that are very clean, high quality, and then supporting the cells to do their rebuilding and growth. So things that feed the mitochondria, the little organelles inside the cells that make energy. So CoQ10 and carnitine, D-ribose, B vitamins, magnesium, something called phosphatidylcholine is extremely helpful and a vitamin called nicotinamide deribicide. So lots of things that give the body that extra reserve that it needs to do to really start start doing the healing. Hmm. So, okay. So I know there's a lot of different things that we can be using. <laughs> I love that. And, and, and it does it, would it vary person to person, Dr. Ann Shippey? Yes, it definitely varies from person to person. So what I usually have people do is start out slowly with the different things that they're doing and then gradually built up to what would be more like an average dose. But yes, especially when people are are really feeling sick and they're really toxic, um, sometimes if they start to try to do too much too quickly, it can make them feel worse for a little while. So a lot of it really depends on how sick they are. And then there's some lovely things like infrared saunas and hyperbarics that can also give the body a boost to really start to do the repair and also to help to detoxify. Hmm. Okay. So I love some of those ideas a lot. And I understand that most likely people would should see a functional practitioner potentially so that they can really get a full spectrum treatment. But I know that some people may feel like that they may not be able to reach everyone. The next thing that I wanted to ask is, what are some of the first initial steps? Like first, first, here's the first thing that I would do if this, this happened to me again. If it happened to me again, I would, the number one thing is to get in a clean environment because the the body can do so much to really to start to heal. And then even now, like if I'm, I'm so much less sensitive than I used to be, but if, I, if I'm like at a conference and I, I'm in a hotel that's not great, like if, it's a, if I can tell it's super moldy, I'll change hotels. But if it's like, oh, okay, this isn't that bad, I can stick this out, I'll just take extra liposomal glutathione to help make sure that my barrel, my bathtub isn't getting dirtier, you know, that I'm, I'm keeping up with the load of what's coming in. So for me, one of the biggest tools to help me to stay well is to take liposomal glutathione. Okay. So that's one of the first things that you would do. And that, I mean, we can pretty much find liposomal glutathione pretty much anywhere. It's available is what I'm saying. It is available. I, you know, I'm kind of picky about which ones I think work the best. Mm-hmm. And there are a few brands that I found work, work the best with patients. So I think they're just the most effective ones. That would be um, like ReadySorb, Research Nutritionals. One of the brands that we carry is Every Life Well. Essential Pro has it actually in a capsule. It's hard to find the liposomal in a in a capsule, like in, a, yeah. in a gel cap because it really like like some glutathione does not taste good. <laughs> no, it does not. So a heads up, you guys, it does not taste good. But I mean, you do not want these this this mold in your in your body as well. So it doesn't does. There's a lot of things that don't taste good, right? There's a lot of things that we have to do. Well, and the thing is, it, you know, it doesn't taste good for a minute or two, but then you can eat or drink something afterwards and get the taste out. And it's just like anything else with your taste buds. After a few weeks, you adjust to it and it's not so bad. 
That's so true. That's so true. It's never been a problem for me, but I, I guess for me, I just come in with that mindset. Like this is something I got to do. So let's just do it. Yeah. Um, okay. You, know, you just gave me an idea, you yeah. know, with you being such an essential oils expert. So, you know, part of the liposomal issue is how it smells. It kind of smells like rotten eggs a little bit. You could probably take it and then just like smell some lavender, right. And then get that taste kind of out of your nasal system and <laughs> not have such a negative impact. It's so true. 90% of taste is actually smell, right? Um, So you could, but I like the idea of like taking something after the fact, you know, like washing it down. And at the end of the day, like I said, if you know, you've got mold toxicity, I know that you don't, you know, you are inherently, you know, you're not trying to continue to have these toxins in the body. I love that there's at least one thing that we can really start to do. Okay, then I wanted to also ask, you know, so many people have asked me over the years, well, how do we even test to see if we've got mold or myotoxins inside of the body? Are there some, you know, I know knowledge is power and as we're advocating for ourselves and so often doctors are dismissing it or ignoring it, what are things that we could be asking for and demanding regarding what the types of tests that we really should be looking for? So in the human body now, there are some markers that you can order through the regular labs that you would normally get labs through, and they would be somewhat of an indication of something going on and how bad it is, but it's not specific for mold. So what we end up having to do is use specialty lab tests that you have to pay cash for. The insurance usually does not cover. There are basically two labs that check for mycotoxins in your urine. One is Great Plains Laboratory and then the other one's Real-Time Laboratory. The challenge is that if it's positive, it means the toxins are there. You know that you have a mold exposure. If it's negative, you could still have a mold exposure, but the test didn't pick it up for two reasons. One is some of the people who are at the worst at detoxifying, so the worst at removing toxins from their body, it'll look like nothing's coming out because it's just building up in their systems. So you can have what's called a false negative. The other problem that can happen is we can't test for all the mycotoxins yet. We can only look for four main categories with one test, and I think it's about seven or eight with the other one. So they are working on developing the technology to be able to detect more of the toxins, but it's still pretty limited. So if you really think that you've got a mold exposure, you have to keep plugging away, and then that would mean actually testing the environments that you're spending the most of your time in. So your home, your school, your work, your car are usually the main places that people are getting exposed. And the technology for testing those is still somewhat limited. There's now a test that I do that looks for 45 different molds and four different families of the toxins in the dust. And that's been the most reliable, but it can still miss some of the situations as well. So sometimes we have to dig pretty deep and do a lot of that extensive testing to really find the problem. But often when we find the toxins in the patient, we can find the toxins in one of the environments that they're spending the time in. There's also a mold problem with some of the food supply. So things like coffee, chocolate, nuts and seeds, corn, and other grains, can just the way that they're harvested and stored can grow mold on them. So sometimes certain mold toxins can be coming to them. <laughs> in fact, I'm like, I'm I really recommend not eating very much corn or not eating it at all because it's often very moldy. 
And there are other foods as well. I know corn's a big one. So avoiding corn, avoiding nuts, would that be a big one? I know peanuts, it's a peanuts huge one. Peanuts are a big one. Or what I do with the nuts is I try to buy them fresh and then keep them in the refrigerator or the freezer to prevent that mold um, growth from happening. And then there are certain companies like Bulletproof Coffee that they check every batch to make sure that the coffee sound will be. That makes so much sense. Okay, so checking out for coffee, in which a lot of people drink coffee every single day. <laughs> that is a big one. Um, we do, both of you and I both buy Bulletproof. We both love Dave. <laughs> yeah, I've actually had people do that study where the ocrotoxin was high in their system. And like, okay, well, let's just see if you switch to the to the low mold or no mold coffee and see if it goes down. It did go down a little bit, but protection and aflatoxin. Okay. So those are the things. So it could just be food, but most of the time, probably most of the cases that you're seeing is, is usually an environmental circumstance, a home-like circumstance. Clearly food is also an environmental circumstance as well. So we know, we understand a little bit of the testing. We understand even if some of those tests come back and you're still not sure what is going on, probably still a good idea to start working through. And I believe that this, these detox strategies, like that we are implementing will not only have a profound benefit on getting this mold out of the body, but other hidden infections as well. So it's not like it's not a bad thing to do. So let's say you are not sure it's mold. The tests aren't coming back to tip definitively, but something isn't right. Nothing else is showing up. Nothing that we can point to. Most likely it's probably a hidden infection, right? Potentially mold, maybe well, something that, else. And that actually is another good point that sometimes the toxins are coming from a mold that's in the sinuses, the lungs, or the gut, or on the skin, that's actually then making the toxins. So sometimes that's where we have to go looking for, you know, when we find mold toxins, like it could actually be being produced in the body. And then what's really fascinating is that a lot of times the people that are getting sick from the mold exposure are also really susceptible to other environmental exposures as well. I see a lot of people whose heavy metals are high, and that's probably part of what's filled up the barrel, the pesticides, and then the other chemicals that are outgassing from the home, you know, the paints, the carpet, the flooring, the mattresses, all those things that are also were absorbing in through our skin and through our lungs. So the, the same things that help to get rid of the mold toxins can also help to get the levels down of these other toxins in our bodies. Oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. All right. The last, I have one more question because I know we've, we've kind of dug deep into this. Let's say our bodies are going through a detox process. We're, we're working through mold with a detox. Talk about not only what are some things that we're looking at with a detox, but two, you know, detoxing is no fun. It's not a fun experience. <laughs> It doesn't feel good as well. Are there things that you recommend for your patients to help really support the detox process? I do. And I really recommend people to, to try to have a regimen where they don't feel bad while they're detoxing. Because I think about when people are having symptoms from detoxing, it's, it's a sign that they're they're kind of flooding, their systems are flooding. So we need to slow down the pace of the release of the toxins. So sometimes it's, you know, either slowing down the amount of glutathione or you just supporting the liver more or doing more binders so that it's the right pace for them to be able to detoxify. So I really hope that most people can get the toxins out of the body without making them feel worse. 
so many of us, we're helping people detoxify their body in general. And, you know, a lot of people have a lot of resistance to it because they, it's unpleasant, it's uncomfortable. And nobody wants to feel unpleasant or uncomfortable, even if they're in a state of unpleasant and uncomfortable symptoms. It's like, no one's like, I don't want to feel worse. And usually you're going to feel worse before you feel better in that process. Right. So what I have people do if they feel like they've overdone it with their detox in some way is to do things like take an Epsom salts bath or there's a uh, detox bath that I really like. Um, The other thing that can really help is to do to alkalinize their system more. So to do uh, something called Alka-Seltzer Gold, it's the Alka-Seltzer sodium bicarb without the aspirin in it, it's in a gold box, or there's a product made by Body Bio called Rescue that's the same thing but in a pill. So sometimes just getting the body more alkaline, the kidneys can work better and clear the toxins better. The other thing that can really be super helpful is to get the bowels a little bit more mobile. So if people are tending towards the constipation side at all, that can cause some of the toxins to get reabsorbed. So taking some extra magnesium or digestive enzymes to get things flowing quicker through the gut can also be super helpful. And then making sure that people are drinking plenty of water, like a really good, clean, high quality filtered water so that the kidneys are are getting flushed. So those are some important pieces of if you're having symptoms from detoxing that can really help to minimize those symptoms, but still really get the job done with the detox. Perfect. Now, is there anything else? I know that this is such a complex topic and there's so many little rabbit holes that we can go down. Is there anything else that someone who is hearing this for the first time hadn't even thought that this may be the case, but is thinking to themselves, huh, maybe this is what's going on with me. Anything else that we should we should know as we navigate this kind of murky, unfortunately, not as talked about conversation, this circumstance? Yeah, one of the biggest things that can happen when people are exposed to mold or they have a child or family member that's getting exposed is to feel helpless. Mm-hmm. Um, it is so scary and people you know, can just feel so overwhelmed by the process. You know, A lot of times you have to get rid of stuff. You don't know if you can get better. So the biggest thing that I want to leave is just some hope. People's bodies are extraordinary. There's such a capacity to heal that when the body is not being overloaded with the environmental toxins and the immune system all flared up uh, trying to help, and the body has what it needs to do the repair, you know, all the nutrients that it takes to rebuild cell membranes and make hormones and all of that, you can heal. Don't give up. You know, just keep putting together the pieces of a puzzle for you or your loved one, and you can get better. Thank you so much for sharing that. Now, Dr. Ann, where can we find you besides heading to Texas? Where else can we find you? <laughs> so we have a, we put together a mold fact sheet at annshippymd.com slash mold to give some of the basic information that we covered here and some more. And then we're on Facebook and Instagram. I have a, a mold workbook on Amazon. I'm on a mission. I, I think so many people are sick from environmental toxins and from mold that I, and there's just not the knowledge in the medical community to, to help people. 
still, there's more in the functional medicine community, but even then uh, there's so much more that needs to be done. So I'm on a mission to get this word out. So sharing it with your family and friends can be super helpful to help to get this um, vital information out to help so many people. Thank you so much for letting us know where we can find you. And you guys, you got to grab this fact sheet. You got to get it. If this is a concern or there's someone in your family or you know you're in an area, you're worried about your home, you're like, what is going on? This is such a great guide, a great way to get started to figure out what is going on. You know, the the mold toxicity situation for so many people is alive and well. And, you know, the goal for me bringing on Dr. Ann Shippey here today is just to bring awareness to this area that I feel is being missed. And it's so important. So grab the fact sheet. It'll be in the show notes. It'll be on the website. It'll It'll be easy to grab. Don't even worry about it. We'll make sure it's easy to grab. So I just wanted to say thank you so much and for coming on and sharing your wisdom. And thank you so much for pioneering so much of this information right now. I know from your heart of hearts, you don't want people suffering the way that you had struggled all all that time. Exactly. Not on my watch. Not on your watch. <laughs> I love it. Well, I am, I'm here to help you spread the word, girl. I am so <laughs> grateful and I love what you're doing. You've got such great information and such a big heart for helping so many people. Thank you so much, honey. Well, it was a pleasure and I am so excited to get to see you very soon. No, me too. Bye, honey. Bye. I hope that today's interview shed some light on this very hidden and elusive infection. As Dr. Ann mentioned, diagnosing a mold-related illness is still very controversial. A major part of the problem is that the testing technology is very limited today. Now, there has been some progress in recent years with testing and procedures and diagnostics, a lot of what we talked about in today's episode. But if you are concerned that you may have mold exposure, I highly recommend checking out Dr. Ann Shippey's guide that she created for all of us, which is the Could It Be Mold fact sheet. This is a great starting place for guidance and resources from one of the best experts out there. Now, you can grab this amazing fact sheet in my show notes for episode 92 or on the website at drmarisa.com slash podcast. Thank you so much for stopping by and listening in to the Essentially You podcast. On the next episode, I am bringing on an amazing hormone expert, Lisa Hendrickson-Jack. And we're talking about how your menstrual cycle is the fifth vital sign. Lisa's understanding of our menstrual cycle is spot on, and she is on a mission to educate women on the importance of our menstrual cycle and how it dictates our overall health. This is not an episode to be missed because she is literally lighting up a new path for how we take care of our bodies. Well, until the next episode, I hope you have an amazing day. 